This morning we'd like to talk about uh, the uh, topic of uh, why I am a Christian. What will make us happy and fulfilled in life? Will it be friends and family around us supporting us and giving us a feeling of security and, uh, and comfort? Is it uh, the weekend when we're off work and uh, we can sit back and relax or, you know, uh, do things we enjoy and uh, play ball or fish or whatever we might find uh, comforting and enjoyable? Is it uh, the possessions of the finer things of life? Is it uh, the wealth of life and uh, uh, home and cars? Uh, is it the best that money could buy? Is it the admiration of fellows that uh, see us in our finery and, you know, admire us as we uh, drive by in our uh, fine car? Uh, is that what makes us happy? And is that what fulfills us? Uh, are we happy with what the world has to offer? And is, it, is that what we seek to uh, find fulfillment? Of course, uh, this all sounds pretty uh, superficial, and uh, uh, when we talk about it like that, of course, we're not that worldly or materialistic. But we do like family around. We do like to have friends with us, and we do admire people that have the finer things of life, and we wish we too could enjoy uh, those things, don't we? I think we do. I think that it's human nature to be drawn to those things and to want the things that life has to offer and, to, and the comforts and the, and the wealth and the security uh, of uh, having uh, plenty and having friends and family. But is that what makes people happy? Is that what fulfills people? Uh, I, th I think not. There's too many examples of people who excel uh, over and over again, people that have, uh, have achieved great things and, and won great name and, uh, and great prosperity. Frank mentioned Howard Hughes the other day, uh, a, few, uh, a few weeks ago. The man had, he was a genius. And he had a, he had a great name, built a great empire, had all the money that he could hold. And in the end, he died alone scared to death, and uh, a pitiful shape. And there's many examples like that. Money does not buy happiness. When it comes to the end, you know, and, and this is when people really face it, people will fight and, and claw for all that they can hold in this life. But then when it comes to the end, they begin to realize, uh, well, some people, they just keep trying to hoard it right up to the end. But in the end, they leave all of that behind, and they go to face God. Listen to what the scriptures talk about uh, wealth and about uh, those who strive for it. In Ecclesiastes 9 and 10, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do with all thy might, for there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. Job 21, 13, uh, verse 13, they spend their days in wealth and in a moment go down to the grave. 
Job 31, 24 through 28. If I have made gold my hope, or have said to the fine gold, Thou art my confidence, if I rejoice because my wealth was great and because mine hand hath gotten much, if I beheld the sun when it shined, and the moon walking in brightness, and my heart hath been secretly enticed, or my mouth has kissed my hand, this also were an iniquity to be punished by the judge, for I should have denied that God uh, is above. Psalms 37 and 16, a little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. Psalms 39 and 6, surely every man walks about like a shadow. Surely they busy themselves in vain. He heaps up riches and does not know who will gather them. Ecclesiastes 5, 15 and 16, as he came from his mother's womb, Naked shall he return, to go as he came, and he shall take nothing from his labor which he may carry away in his hand. And this also is a severe evil. Just exactly as he came, so shall he go. And what profit has he who has labored for the wind? That's kind of the sum of these uh, verses. You know, the, the, what, you can, what you can obtain, what you can gather in this life, is really gathering to the wind because those things are going to be left behind when you go. That's why we are Christians. Because the Christian life gives you hope beyond the grave. Because our treasures are secure. There is no thief. There is no corruption or rust to decay. So we have a secure hope. A, a, a treasure which fades not away. That's one of the reasons we are Christians, because of that reward. Not only that, it's not, we're not just driven with the hope of heaven. While surely, surely we are, but we're blessed today. We're blessed now. The Bible says that God takes care of the lilies of the fields. Surely he'll take care of you. If he so clothed the grass of the, 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 the grass... And, and takes care of, he knows every sparrow that falls, surely he'll take care of us. We can rely and trust on God to take care of us. <clears throat> Matthew 6 and 21, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If our treasure's in heaven, that's where our heart is. Uh, very interesting, I thought, in the newsletter uh, this last month was a, uh, a, a, a point which was sent to me and I put in there by my uh, sister-in-law in, in Orange. If God came today and said, it's time to go to heaven, let's go right now, would you be ready? Many of us say we're ready to go, but if God suddenly appeared and said, let's go, what would you say? I'm ready, let's go, just drop everything and go. Well, it comes to, in many interviews, people were just not that ready to go. Even though they were ready, they said, well, does it have to be right now? 
Can I spend one more time with one more night with my with my wife or one more day with my children? Or can I go see my folks one more time? People were not that ready to go. I thought that was very interesting and telling. The fact is, we have a life here. And as Christians, we don't live a, you know, we, we don't just disregard everything in this life and just trudge along looking for heaven. We enjoy life. The point about a Christian is we give God thanks for this life, for everything we have. And God gets the praise for whatever we're blessed with in this life. And that's what a Christian does. Whatever you do, God gets the glory for whatever you have. God gets the praise and thanks for. But we don't lay up our, for ourselves treasures in heaven, in, in, on this earth. We, our treasure is in heaven. And that's where our heart is. Matthew 19 and 29 says, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Mark's account says, who shall receive a hundredfold now in this life? That's when we're blessed. Uh, if we have to forsake, and many do, you know, many, are, many don't have uh, uh, believing uh, friends or family, and so they have to distance themselves from them in order to maintain their faith. So they have to forsake them. They have to love the Lord more than that. And they do. But they're blessed more. They're blessed a hundredfold, the scripture says, with family, with brothers and sisters and wife and husbands and children in this life. Mark also says, with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. So it's not just heaven that drives us. We look forward to heaven and that's where our treasure is. But God blesses us now too. Sure, there may be sacrifices we have to make, but the blessings outweigh it. We're not persecuted really. Uh, you know, look at the first century church. Uh, uh, many centuries after the first century, the church was persecuted, and the truth, the truth was, uh, was uh, uh, lost to many. Um, but, but the Christians, the, the true Christians were persecuted. Uh, we don't face that. Uh, we may, someone might say uh, some remark, uh, but it's not really persecution, and uh, really, it's not, like, it's not like others have had to face but whatever you have to face as a Christian, it's worth it. Because God blesses you today and in, the, and in the life to come, eternal life. We also have uh, the Almighty God as our Father. Uh, the one who spoke the world into existence has our ear. Uh, we have his ear. He, we, we can speak to the Almighty. We can petition Him. We can uh, lay our, our problems at His feet. He hears us. That's a, 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 an advantage to being a Christian. God hears uh, His children. <clears throat> and uh, 2 Peter 3 and 9 says, The Lord is not slack 
concerning his promises as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The NIV renders, says this, uh, renders it this way, the Lord is not slow to keep his promises, as some understand slowness. In the previous verse, he says, the one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. You know, we, we want things now. We, we, uh, we, it's hard to keep your motivation when, when things seem so far down the road or when, when we're, we don't see the results of our labors right away. But we have to remember that God doesn't count time like we do. We count every minute, every day, every hour, every year uh, as it goes by. And, uh, and when we don't see results, we get impatient. But we have to remember, God isn't, doesn't count time like we do. But he's not slack concerning his promises. God's promises are sure. And he is certainly able uh, to, uh, to uh, uh, give us what he promises. Uh, the promises in Christ are sure and steadfast. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 7, 7 and 12, through 12, verses 7 through 12, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. For what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask? Jesus said, ask. Ask, and it will be given to you. Knock, and it will be opened. Seek, and you will find. He likens it to us. Which one of us, with our children, would deny them if they ask? We give them whatever we can. Anything they need, we're there and ready to help them and to give to them. Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how about God who is good and who loves? He certainly is there ready and willing and able uh, to give you what you ask. James says, you receive not because you ask not. Listen, we, uh, do we believe the scriptures? Is it our faith which keeps us from asking God anything we need? Listen, God's able to give us whatever we need. Don't be afraid to ask. Because Jesus said, ask and you'll receive. God's really only limited by our by our uh, lack of understanding. God's only limited to us because of our mortality, our, our mortal being, our flesh and our limited knowledge. We limit God because we don't understand his vastness. There's nothing for us to relate to. Uh, God is almighty. He's all present. He's everywhere. He's all knowing. That's not easy for us to comprehend, but that is the Almighty God. That is our Father. 
and he'll give us what we ask. He's able to give us. Um, Paul said in uh, Ephesians, the third chapter, verse 20, there is a beautiful prayer. We'll notice this a bit more. But he says in verse 20, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. God's able to give to us uh, whatever, even what we might think. He's able to give. So, so God is not, God's hand's not short that he's not able to deliver. Uh, God certainly is able to give us the things that we ask for, if we'll ask. There in the uh, third chapter of Ephesians, and beginning with verse 14, uh, Paul says, for this reason, verse 13 says, Where I, Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulation for you, which is your, glo which is your glory. And then he says, For this cause... Uh, bow my knee, uh, th for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the, wit the width, the length, the depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by, Jesus, by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. A beautiful prayer. Uh, 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 Paul's uh, prayer, he says here, is that they faint not, but that they persevere and continue on in the faith. He says there, I frequently pray to God, <clears throat> the Father uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ, he says. And, and his prayer was that they would not faint, but that they would continue steadfast in their faith. And uh, the God of heaven of whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named. You know, we're the children of God. And as in a family, we're named after the, the family carries the name of the Father, the Father of heaven, in whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. This doesn't just carry on, you know, to this present time. Listen, God, the children of God go back to the beginning. And those in the past and those in the future and those who have gone on and those in heaven or in Hades, in the, in the, land of, in the, in the realm of uh, paradise, as it's called, uh, are uh, the family of God, uh, of whom we're the family. <clears throat> uh, Adam Clark says, uh, this prayer uh, of this uh, apostle is one of the most grand and sublime in the whole oracles of God. The riches of the grace of the gospel and the extent to which the soul of man may be saved here below are most emphatically pointed out. Every word seems to have, some, um, immediate, uh, have come immediately from heaven, laboring to convey ideas of infinite importance to mankind. 
Verse, uh, verse uh, 15 says, uh, uh, of whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of this glory, to be strengthened with uh, might by his spirit in the inner man. Uh, in, uh, in verse uh, 15, he says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. You know, when you think about God's glory, uh, this is not like the glory of man. You know, we have a, we have a, 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 a finiteness about us and, and a, a limited amount of uh, strength and, and um, ability. But God's glory goes beyond that. It's infinite. So he's, his prayer is that God would, would grant them uh, according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened uh, with might, he says. You know, we, we need God. We need God's strength. And when you think about the uh, infiniteness of God's glory, it also includes the infiniteness of his strength. We have battles to fight in the spiritual realm, which we can't fight ourselves. We need the strength and we need the power uh, of the Almighty to fight for us. In, in Ephesians 6, you know, in verses 10 through 13, he talks about the, the, the battle we have to fight. He says there, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this, of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. It is only with the power of God that we're able to stand against these forces that we fight against. He says, we fight against principalities and powers and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Spiritual wickedness in high places. You know, this to us is only evident by the things that we see, the things that happen. Sometimes it's obscure. But the scriptures say there's powers that work against us. Powers that work against the people of God. So you've got to arm yourself with the armor of God. Be strong in his power and his might. And that's the only way we'll be able to stand. That's the only way we are able to overcome sin. God's provided for us a means to overcome sin. We can't do that on our own. We need God. We need the power of God to overcome uh, such things. He says... <clears throat> Uh, that, he, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. The power of God working in us strengthens us and makes us able to stand by his spirit. You know, uh, James says the body without the spirit is dead. You know the body without the spirit is dead. There are two portions of this body. There is this body, this flesh, but there's the spirit within that gives it life. This body without my spirit is dead. The church without the spirit of God is dead. You know, there's many 
uh, bodies of, uh, of uh, worshipers in the world. But they're dead bodies. They don't have the spirit of God. They that worship in spirit and in truth. God seeks such to worship them. Worship him. Uh, so the body without the spirit is dead. The church without the spirit of God is dead. Romans 8 and uh, 10 through uh, 11 says, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised up Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When we are obedient to the scriptures and we submit to believing them, and submit to the, the commandments of God in baptism, our sins are washed away and we're made holy and able uh, to be a habitation of God through his spirit. <clears throat> in Ephesians 2, 21 and 22, it says, in whom all the building fitly framed together, groweth into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit, a dwelling place of God through the Spirit. When we are obedient, we're made holy and a habitation of God through the Spirit. You know, God created man, and they were in a sense holy. They were in a sense pure. God was able to walk with them and, and dwell with them. But when they sinned, God had to separate himself from them. Through Christ, God is reconciled to us. We're reconciled to God because our sins are taken away, washed away. And we're made able to be again in harmony with God. And together, as the body of Christ, the temple of the Holy Spirit for a habitation in whom ye also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. <clears throat> that ye be rooted and grounded in love. That ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. And to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. <clears throat> uh, Paul says... <clears throat> Paul says that ye be rooted and grounded in, in love and that we might be able to know what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ. We need to be rooted in the love of God. He, he gives us a double metaphor here. That is, we're rooted as a, as a tree. Uh, our, our nourishment and our, and our strength comes from the, from the love of God and the knowledge of that. And also, we're grounded as a foundation uh, in the love of God. And um, 
through that and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. Um, you know, faith, uh, Hebrews 11 and 1 says, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Our faith is our foundation. And through uh, a strong faith, of course, uh, from the knowledge, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. Through the knowledge uh, of God and his love, we're grounded and, and, uh, and uh, uh, have a firm, a firm foundation uh, to which we stand on. And um, Matthew 16 and 18, And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The, the fact, the truth, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, which Peter confessed, Jesus said, upon that rock I'll build my church. The fact that Jesus is the Son of God, and, and God's love was manifested in that he sent his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The love of Christ was manifested in that he gave himself uh, for us. <clears throat> um, verse 18 again, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height uh, of the love of God. Uh, how, how can you measure the love of God in such a way? Uh, the fact is, uh, 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 Cl Adam Clark says, this is uh, so intensive. He says uh, the two words, two, two words here. One, to be strong, literally translated, it would be translated thoroughly able. And um, also that, uh, to catch and to seize on that we may be able, fully able to catch Take in and comprehend the wonderful mysteries of God. <clears throat> the, uh, uh, the love of God. It, Paul, uh, Paul again uh, uses this uh, architectural analogy. Uh, of course, the, the church is the house of God, which is the uh, church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth, 1 Timothy 3 and 15. If we think of the church as a house and we could view it as a house, we would see the length and the depth and the, and the breadth and the height of that building. He says that's how we would view the love of God. Uh, that we may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. See, I, I guess it's as hard for me to explain this as, as, uh, as it was for Paul to write it because he says to know all of the dimensions of the love of God, yet it's, it even passes knowledge. <clears throat> uh, Clark says that this literally, and to help us to understand that to know something which passes knowledge, how could we know something which is beyond knowledge? He says that ye may acknowledge, approve, and public, publicly acknowledge that the love of God. That's what the literal rendering is, that we may acknowledge it. You know, I, I know I have a heart and I can acknowledge that, though I don't know all there is to know about it. I can't know. 
Science studies are the human body, and, and still they come up with uh, mysteries they can't understand. The love of God. The, the great mysteries in the church and which is the love of God which is manifested in the church is we can recognize, we can acknowledge and we can submit to even though it is beyond our understanding. And to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. You know, if we can come to the knowledge of Christ uh, 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 the, with our limited ability and our limited uh, uh, scope uh, as human beings, uh, we are filled with all the fullness of God. You know, that's really, that's really profound. Uh, I, I'm having difficulty explaining these things because they are so profound. The, uh, f- that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. That, that's unlimited. Uh, that's, uh, it, that's, as, that's as limited as God is, and he is not limited. He's almighty. We can be filled with all the fullness of God. And that is a... a, a, a that, that is just really a, a, a profound statement. Verse 20, he says, uh, And now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. <clears throat> uh, Clark says it's impossible to express the full meaning of these words. God is omnipotent. Therefore, he is able to do all things and able to do superabundantly above the greatest expectations. So, again, this is our Father. This is our Father in heaven. And uh, whatever we, God uh, recognizes that we need, whatever we ask, God is able uh, to uh, perform. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, a world without end. Amen. Uh, So be it. Let it be so. And so it will be so. Uh, To God be glory. I'm so thankful that that, uh, I'm a Christian today. I'm so thankful that I've got a God in heaven who is my father. And that he has blessed me and you. He he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The, uh, the, uh, The ramifications are profound. It's wonderful to be a Christian. And to know all of these things are ours today. Many people uh, would say that uh, Christian or religion is just a crutch for a weak mind. And really, I'm telling you, it takes a strong mind. It takes strong faith. 
to overcome the obstacles of life and to over, overcome the, the uh, things which would uh, hinder us from uh, walking the Christian way and continuing in a righteous, uh, a righteous way. Uh, but it is comforting. It is surely uh, a blessing to have God on our side. With whatever we need, we can petition him and we can be comforted. We can lay our troubles at his feet and know that the Almighty can help in whatever distress we find ourselves. Some people will, not, uh, will try to bargain with God. Uh, some people will try to come to God on their own terms. Uh, listen, the scripture says in Galatians 6 and 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Phillips is not a translation, but it's a paraphrase, and he renders this, Be not deceived. You can't make a fool out of God. You can't, uh, you can't fool God. God knows and uh, when we come to God, we must come to God on His terms. We're led by the Spirit of God. The Spirit tells us and guides us in the things that we need to do. If we follow the, the instruction of the Spirit of God, we'll please God and, uh, and uh, we'll be blessed. The Scripture says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And also, John 17 and 17 Thy word is truth. It's a blessing to be a Christian. Blessings beyond, uh, beyond my words. But uh, as a Christian, you're blessed. You're blessed not just in this life, but in the life to come. We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by the Church of Christ at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information, or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.